the League of Women Voters of Dane County, and Madison City Channel present Know Your Candidates. Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates, co-sponsored by the Dane County League of Women Voters. My name is Diane Martin-Liebert, and I'm here to talk to Scott Resnick, who is the Alderman, uh, Aldermanic uh, candidate for District 8. Welcome, and thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, the first question is, <clears throat> you have to excuse me, what is your professional, educational, and civic background that qualifies you for the City Council, and why are you running? Well, my background really started about 10 years ago when I was in Wausau, Wisconsin. And uh, this was before I came to Madison as a member of the Mayor's Youth Action Council. So what we would do is plan youth events in City Hall. We would talk about things like smoking bans, things like how can youth better the community. Uh, and then, like many students, I came here uh, to go to UW-Madison. I was very involved on campus with things like uh, the Political Science Association, with the College Dems, and held a leadership role in those things, but uh, really started getting involved with city politics because of uh, former, Eli, uh, former Alder Eli Judge. And he was talking about an issue called ALDO, which was new to many students, the passage of ALDO. So I showed up for my first uh, city council meeting, and that really since then my experiences have sort of taken off from there. Uh, currently, I'm the president of the State and Langdon Neighborhood Association, which, you know, we work on everything from, you know, the Edgewater development to liquor policies on campus to things like campus safety and other issues that affect, you know, the residents of the State and Langdon Neighborhood Association. I also am a member of uh, uh, the Joint Southeast uh, Committee, uh, Development Committee. Uh, I was appointed by Mayor Dave to serve on that committee, dealing with things like the new developments at the, coal, at, uh, the Charter Street Coal Plant and uh, the Coal Center. Uh, I graduated two years ago and now work downtown. Uh, I started a tech company, uh, which hardened design and development as one of the uh, currently serving as the company vice president. And uh, we now have 13 employees downtown. So you know, I really got into this when I found out uh, current Alder Egan uh, was stepping down to go to teach for America and this was really a way to uh, get involved with the city at the next level and taking that experiences from uh, the State and Langdon Neighborhood Association and uh, really trying to make a difference in the community. You know, I love Madison, I love being able to walk to work, uh, you know, so I decided to run. Oh, wonderful, thank you. Um, possible cuts in aids to municipalities are looming issues for the city as a whole. How do you think the council should prepare to address it? Well, I think there's you know a twofold strategy on that, and first is looking at existing areas where we can save money. And the council's always looking to save money. Uh, that's just every year someone's talking about how where we can make cuts. You know, one of the things that I do is I'm coming from a tech background, so we have a 2.3 million dollar technology budget that I honestly don't think we're allocating the correct way, and we're not taking advantage of many you know Web 2.0 technologies. Mm -hmm. So taking a look at where we can make improvements there and also where we can grow areas of our community. You know, right now I would say we're using about 1% of our entrepreneurial talent in the tech fields. Um, I'm a member of Capital Entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. all 60 of us, the one thing that brings us together is we've all started tech companies, you know, primarily in Madison or the downtown mm -hmm. area. 
So trying to move that from 1% to 5% not only creates new jobs in Madison, but also increases the tax base. So it's looking for areas that we can cut and also looking at where we can grow in the city. Okay, thank you. Uh, what do you think the city should, at a minimum, prioritize during these lean times? Public safety. <laughs> uh, hands down, if you don't have a safe community, everything else is impacted. Uh, you talk about going downtown, and if you don't feel safe going downtown, you will not travel mm -hmm. downtown. So it's something very cyclical. If you don't feel safe in your own apartment complexes or walking either you know, to your car, to a bus stop, around campus, you, know, you will not make those destinations. And what that does is it hurts both the image of Madison and also the, you know, the Madison economy. So really the number one focus is focusing on you know, safety you know, around Madison. Okay, and what do you think are the two or three most important issues facing your district that should be addressed by city government and what you, what you intend to do um, to work on as an alder? Well, the first area is campus safety, and it ex it's expanding on that. You know, we have some very strong and very successful programs like the neighborhood, you know, the neighborhood police program and the neighborhood watch programs, but it's expanding on it to see where are areas of the city that we could also, incre you know, increase safety. One of those pieces is the lock ordinances. And now one of the things that I've noticed campaigning and also mm -hmm. living in the district for five years is if you think of the punch card, you know, locks, mm -hmm many of those have never been changed on campus. So if you lived in an apartment or went to a party at an apartment on campus four years ago, you can still access that apartment building. Mm -hmm. uh, very simple legislation would fix that, saying let's change those once a year. It literally costs nothing. Other, other measures you know, cost a little more money. Improving the lights, particularly you know, on a very, very popular, you know, if you've never gone back there, the backside of Langdon Street has a walking path. That, that hundreds of students use every single day to go to class, they walk to and from, but at night those paths are still used and it's not the same type of lighting that you get on Langdon Street. And part of that is because the easements, you know, really on the path. And one of the things of the new downtown plan is to make those formalized paths in Madison and light those paths. It's also increasing lighting in the Spring Street neighborhood. You know, right now I honestly don't believe that you could walk from Whitty Hall to the Shell you know, down Spring Street without feeling, you know, that it's dark mm -hmm. um, and feeling safe. And we've seen that everything from the Badger Herald shout out boards to students in the district talking that we need to improve the safety down there. And it really could just take lighting the place up because we don't see that, you know, that high of crime statistics there. So really trying to increase the foot traffic just by increasing lights, I think that would go a long way. Uh, besides safety, probably the number two issue is housing. And you know, one of the big issues is student housing is deteriorating. Uh, if you look at many areas of Langdon Street, you know, we have properties that really need some TLC. You have properties, you know, my own property, uh, looking back where I lived my senior year, all the attic windows were busted out. So as I was trying to turn up the heat, I don't think I could get it above 57 degrees if I tried as hard as possible. Now, I was an educated senior here, and I didn't honestly know my rights that there's an issue when you have to sleep with your winter coat on. So one of the things to do is increasing random inspections of these properties and bringing back, you know, prior, you know, to, you know almost 10 years ago, we had random inspections, but that was one of the things was on the city chopping block. Mm 
bringing those back so the properties that are deteriorating get that certain kind of attention that they need. And the other piece for students is trying to move back the lease, uh, lease signing date. One of the big things for a lot of incoming sophomore, you know, you're, you're a freshman going to be a sophomore, you know, when do you sign your first lease? And many property management companies try to force, you know, freshmen to sign as early as October 15th. And they're sometimes getting literature, literally they've been at school for maybe 30 to 45 mm -hmm. days and saying, who do you want to live with next year? Let's make this decision because if you wait until November 1st, nothing's going to be available. So that legislation's been going on right now in the city, and I really hope to take the leadership role to try to move that along. Why do you, <clears throat> why do you see yourself as the best candidate for balancing neighborhood, district, business, and overall city resident interests that are often contentious? Well, it's looking back on some of my experiences on State and Langdon. Uh, one of the big development projects, you know, that was sort of a heated development project was a project at uh, 640 North Henry. And it was a fraternity house and that was having the problems of deterioration. You know, the original structure was built in, the, I believe, the 1930s. And, you know, really over the years, you know, just needed a lot of attention. So a developer who owned the property came up with a new model. They said, this is what we want to put. Uh, showed the architecture to the, co the neighboring co-ops, the fraternities, you know, in the surrounding areas and to the neighborhood association, and the architecture was horrible. Uh, it wasn't a pleasant design, uh, you know, and when it went to Zoning Board of Appeals, it, it ended up getting rejected there. Now, what the developer said was came back to the neighborhood association and said, what are the improvements that you would like to see happen here? And, uh, you know, that all those conversations happened in June and July and come January came back with a new plan that literally incorporated, I think, every single one of the suggestions that the neighborhood gave. Uh, not only win the support of its neighboring co-ops, the fraternity, you know, the fraternities that originally opposed it, supported it, you know, and I'm going to be very proud to support it at, plan at the planning commission. So it's very... When you talk about how do you balance those issues, it's a lot of communication. It's trying to say, hey, you have a developer who wants to develop their property, but you have neighbors who have lived there and are going to have to you know, live mm -hmm. next door for the next 30 years. What do they say on it? Mm -hmm. And if you approach it without an adversarial mindset and you come in in a very neutral way and you play you know, mediator to those roles, even if it's contentious, we might be able to say, hey, we agree on points you know, eight, nine, and 10, but there's points two and three that we need to, you know, we still mm -hmm. need to debate. And then we use the city council and other city committees to debate those. But uh, that would probably be how I would, you know, lead as a, as a neighborhood leader. Thank you. Uh, what committees do you wish to serve on and why? <clears throat> there are two major committees that I would really like to see myself serving on. And, and, and the first one is the housing committee. Uh, you know, one of the things that has disheartened as we are going through the process of moving the lease legislation forward is I felt like every day we would show up, every single month we would show up to the meeting and they would fail to make quorum throughout the summer. Uh, it was over and over and over again. Uh, students need a voice on the housing committee. They need to have someone who's been through there that isn't a property manager, that has lived in the district and has rented from student tenants for a long number of years um, and will continue to do so. 
that is probably the single most important committee that I hope to get on. Uh, the second one would be the Economic Development Committee and drawing upon my business experience and, you know, I've been doing my company now for three years and 13 new employees downtown, which not only increases the tax base, but, you know, mostly employees live downtown too. Mm -hmm. And every single day, we, well, not every single day, but we go to Ian's quite frequently. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's helping that economic flow mm -hmm. and coming from a sort of a unique tech background, uh, I would also like to serve on the Economic Development Committee. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, are there any other, issue, other issues you believe that's important that we haven't discussed? You know, going a little bit more on, on economic development, mm -hmm. one of the things that is a problem for UW students, and this is something that I struggle with, is actually finding people to fill positions. Uh, it's difficult to navigate sometimes the bureaucracy of the UW, even when you have a job available that would be perfect for a UW <laughs> graduate. So one of the things that I'm proposing is you know a partnership between the UW and between the city of an all Madison or an all Dane County job fair for seniors that want to live in Madison and they're just looking for Madison based jobs you know there's other job fairs going on but you know those are receiving you know outside mm -hmm. you know outside our recruitment agencies i really want the focus to be on how do we keep graduating seniors that want to remain in Madison here in Madison. It's the reverse brain drain mm -hmm. issue and it's, and it's fighting that at the city level. Um, and I really think it takes a few partnerships. It's not a lot of money, but it's partnerships, but one new job that you can keep one more person in Madison. And these are people, you know, they want to stay in Madison. Students want to stay in mm -hmm. Madison because they love the city. It's the reason why I stayed here. Mm -hmm. It's why my business partner said, let's keep our company here in Madison instead of somewhere else. You know, and then probably the other issue is, you know, really focusing on some of the pieces of ALRC and some of the downtown entertainment. And one of the things that we find with downtown entertainment is there's a lot of new ideas. And even with State and Langdon, I've been pitched a lot of them. Mm -hmm. uh, things like a, a movie theater downtown, one that would replace the one that used to be uh, where Lucky now is, mm -hmm. uh, a downtown movie theater, uh, a dueling pianos uh, type of uh, bar or entertainment. There's a lot of these ideas, but unfortunately, they really can't make it through the city process. And it's really trying to shift some of the attitudes of ALRC to say, let's focus instead of trying to make, you know, the campus area, which has been, you know, a dry, you know, instead of trying to make it a dry campus area, let's focus on the safety elements of it. We, you know, we see three years after ALRC has been put forward, there's increased crime at the 600 block of university, which is the heart of the campus. Let's focus on safety versus trying to just close down every single establishment because we have some very good operating businesses down, in downtown mm -hmm. and they serve liquor, they serve food, but we should be encouraging those businesses. And how you do that is make it a more welcoming ALRC. Well, unfortunately, we're almost out of time mm -hmm. and it's not time for your one-minute closing. Well, uh, you know, I, I just really encourage anybody who's watching particularly in District 8, uh, to go out there and vote. Uh, you know, one of the things that we see in the primary is always a, a notoriously low turnout in the student areas of the mm -hmm. primary, and it's very important. You know, the alder has, can make a huge difference in students' life really every single day. You can see some of the really positive, you know, we talk about ALRC, and one of Brian's large accomplishments was getting a student representative, you know, on ALRC. 
prior to that, Eli Judge, you know, created a photo ordinance so to protect students from rent, you know, from any charges from a landlord, if they're going to be charged, they need to have a picture evidence of what they're being charged for. And these really impact student lives. You know, you think about how lighting has changed on Langdon Street. This is due to the Alder. Mm -hmm. So I really hope to focus on students. I really hope to focus on campus safety. I really hope to focus on housing. And I think that these are the two most important issues uh, to the district and uh, what I'll be fighting for uh, on city council. Well, thank you very much and thank you for being with us. And thank you um, for the, um, the audience for being with us too. And um, I want to encourage you all to vote on April 5th. Uh, this is uh, Diane Martin-Liebert from the Dane County League of Women Voters, thank you very much.